All right, it's Vader time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another brand new Bummer Slam. This is truly a brand new Bummer Slam. This is the first series that we've ever done on the show. This is probably going to be a three-part series. Um, and we're starting with the first one today, obviously. Guess who's here, everybody? Ayo. It's Joe Bob. Yay, hey, Joe I'm Bob back. is back. Everyone's favorite guest, my favorite guest, certainly. Joe Bob, welcome back. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you for thank you for letting me out of the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I keep you in when I'm not doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, th thank you again for being on the show. I always love having you on the show. Today, we are going to be talking about one of our favorite shows. It was probably the very first thing, other than WWE Storytime, that I ever watched when I started to subscribe to the WWE Network, and that is... Uh, WWE Legends House. WWE Legends House. This is, I would describe it as like a real world type show. Yeah, like, uh, I think like Big Brother, um, mm -hmm. or like, uh, what's the Italian one? Jersey Shore. They, uh, just a bunch of Jersey people Shore. living yes. in a house, uh, and then they're kind of sent on quests or whatever, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, there's cameras on them at all times, like even when they sleep. Yeah. They're they're never not being filmed, really. Uh, yeah, right, right. Um, it's unlike Big Brother in the way that they're not, like, achieving a prize, or there's no, like, uh, money value that they're, like, trying to go for. It's just, like, live here, survive, do these things, have fun, you know? Exactly. And that's basically the point of WWE Legends House. Um, it is starring eight WWE Hall of Famers and Legends, um they're older guys yep all in their 50s or older we've got uh rowdy roddy piper we've got tony atlas we've got pat patterson mouth of the south jimmy hart hillbilly jim uh, hacksaw jim duggan howard and... finkel yep is that all of them uh, oh mean gene okerland as well there we go <laughs> yes that's all of them that's all eight of them and um each episode of this show it starts off with you know the theme song and everything and a little vignette of each of the legends with their catchphrases. Uh, Tess was doing air quotes there, which was pretty accurate. Uh, they're not really catchphrases. Maybe maybe in regards to the show and like, <laughs> but not like their catchphrases from wrestling. Like, exactly. it starts off with Mean Gene. It doesn't start with Mean Gene. But when it gets to Mean Gene, he's just like, holy balls. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're supposed to expect that Mean Gene Okerlund's actual catchphrase is holy balls. And to be fair, he does say it several times <laughs> throughout the series. But I mean, Roddy Piper's catchphrase was, holy cow, what's going to happen next? <laughs> like, really? Are you going to say that all the time? No, they're, they're silly, but they're funny. Yeah. All right, we'll just start right into it. We'll just get right into the very first episode. Um, episode one, Tony Atlas, famous uh, bodybuilder. Yeah, huge dude, you know, built like a triangle. Oh, yeah, big boy. He's got a teeny tiny little waist and big old arms and well, chest. Yeah, not anymore, but not at the well, time of the show. Well, not as much, He's, yes. Yeah, they're all a little, a little out of shape. A little bit out of shape, but that happens when you get older. Nothing wrong with it. Nope. Um, Tony Atlas is the first to arrive at the Legends House, and the Legends House is this big, beautiful house in Palm Springs, California, and it's got a pool and a tennis court. A lot going on. Yeah. Like, plenty of yard space. There's, like, a bridge. <laughs> There's a bridge. There's, like, a moat in front of the house, like a small lake. 
it's very nice. Um, definitely a good place for eight of the legends to live, I would say. I could I could see myself living there. You know? I would like to be in the legends house. Uh, nothing to sneeze at. Like there. it'll do. You know. It'll do. Oh my god. <laughs> nicer than our house. <laughs> Anything is nicer than our house. We live Single in a hobbit tier. hole. <laughs> we do live in a hobbit hole. Um, but this beautiful house in Palm Springs, pool, tennis court. The works, lots of places for the legends to hang out and have fun and learn about themselves. Uh, the next legend to arrive is Hillbilly Jim. How would you describe Hillbilly Jim, Joe? Uh, just, just one of the most delightful people ever. He's like, uh, like benevolent, like uh, spiritual type guy. Uh, he's not like wearing a, a tarot thing, but he's wearing uh, what is it? What is he wearing? He's always wearing like some kind of like spiritual symbol like somewhere on his person right and sunglasses and uh like t-shirts that he cut the collar off so it's just like an extra extra cozy look yeah his shoulders are always out in these t-shirts it's very 80s yeah um but yeah hillbilly jim is basically just like a yoga hippie an older yoga hippie and um his catchphrase is i'm here for a long time i'm here for a good time yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> that tells you a lot about Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim, if you'll remember, uh, was actually also featured on the wrestling album. Yeah, with the Isaacs episode. Yes, the episode we, we had with Isaac Otterman. Um, Thank yeah. God I'm a country boy or whatever he said. Yes, it was um, uh, Don't Go Messing With a Country Boy. <laughs> that song was really obnoxious and didn't fit the rest of the album. But that's Hillbilly Jim. He's here. Yeah. Straight there there are actually several people from the wrestling album that are in the Legends house. I actually think that there are only three No, four. So half the Legends house was involved in the wrestling <laughs> album. That's still a lot of the Legends house. Um all of them were involved in uh WrestleMania one. They right? were. They were all involved in WrestleMania one in some way. Um, which I guess is part of the reason that they're all here. All of them are here together. Uh, the next person, the third person to arrive is, uh, Pat Patterson. Oh yes, Pat Patterson. He's, um, one of the older guys, I would say. He and Gene are around the same age, and they're definitely the elders of the group. Um, Pat Patterson is, was the first ever Intercontinental Champion, actually, and he's the creator of the Royal Rumble. How did that happen? How do you, how does a guy just create the Royal Rumble? Uh, He probably just created the concept. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Like the... the... He wasn't just like, I challenge everyone to get get the fuck up here and fight me. <laughs> um, I don't think so. <laughs> I I don't know. I'll tell you that. It could be that. But I'm making a semi-educated guess, and I'm going to say no. But I mean, <laughs> well, I tune don't in know. next week when we find out. <laughs> we ask Pat Patterson specifically. Um, I wish, Pat Patterson, if you give a shit... At me at Rowdy Rat Girl on Twitter. Can you imagine Pat Patterson on Twitter? I just found some metal in my hair. What? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Happy Bummer Slam. <laughs> okay. Well. Anyway, Pat Patterson, um, probably the oldest guy in the group. He's about I don't know five hundred years old. Oh yeah, almost. Yeah, he's probably probably around five hundred. Probably years around five hundred. Yeah. 500, yeah. Um, and Pat is talking to the other guys once he gets in the Legends house, and he's like, I must be the only guy of any of us that knows how to cook. So he promises to cook at some point in the course of the Legends house. 
Um, and the next guy to arrive is the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Oh, featured yes. on the wrestling album "Eat Your Heart Out," Rick Springfield. He was the whiny one. Yeah, and he he, and he just whines the entire entire Legends House too. Yeah, that's <laughs> just kind of who he is as a person. <laughs> I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> Jimmy Hart is a famous manager. I've talked about him a little bit on the show before. Um, he always carried around a microphone that had a mouth on it. Yeah, like the inside of the mic uh, of the megaphone was like teeth and the like right on the outside was like lips. It was a it was a look. It was a cool thing. It was a cool prop. It very much suited him. Absolutely. It's really cute to see all of the legends catch up after all these years. They all really seem excited to see each other. Yeah. Especially right away. Oh, yeah. It's probably been a while since they've all been together, so I'm sure it's nice for them to just, like, catch up and and chit-chat a little bit casually. Yeah. At this point, all of them have been retired for some time. Yes. Absolutely. And so this is kind of like a vacation for them, almost. Yeah. It's set up to look like that. Like, all of them... Why don't you come on back, catch up with some old friends, and we'll, uh, you know, give you some stuff to do. Right. The only stipulation is that it's going to be filmed, and it's, like, a reality-style show. But basically, this is, like, a fucking month off for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have to do anything, and they're getting paid for it, so... Or, like, a week or two or whatever. Something like that, yeah. But little do they know that their lives are about to change forever. (laughs) (laughs) I love this show. Um, I never mentioned why we're talking about this show. I just kind of went right into it. Um, this is one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite television series ever. (laughs) I only discovered it fairly recently, but there are very few, very few television series that I find so transportive and so, um, emotionally investing. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And there really is a journey and an arc that each of the characters goes on. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. It just makes my heart all all kinds of sad, happy sad. Definitely one of the best reality shows, like, of all time. Oh yeah, there's so much humanity in this show, and you learn so much about who these guys are as people. And it's just so beautiful. Um, but you wouldn't guess it in these earlier episodes, because they're kind of, like, fun, like, a little bit dweeby yeah, i would say oh my god <laughs> like maybe if you didn't already like these wrestlers or like know who they were you would be like ah this is weird i think um as far as like storytelling is is concerned these first like three episodes are just kind of to establish like who each of these people are oh I yeah think. very much exposition for for people of non-wrestling backgrounds such as myself Oh, yeah, absolutely. Shows you who they are as people and and how they interact with each other as well. Like, here goes Jimmy Hart, the man chihuahua, just, like, (laughs) running around and yipping and (laughs) doing stuff like that. That's exactly who he is. He's a man chihuahua. (laughs) Couldn't have put it any better. And Hillbilly Jim, who's just like, yeah, I'm I'm the living incarnate of a bud. (laughs) Of a bud. (laughs) Yoga hippie. Yeah. Yeah, he does like yoga like all the time too. Oh yeah, he does. He's very he's very in shape for as old as he is. Yeah. Him and Tony Atlas, those are the two most in shape guys, I would say. I and and Jimmy Hart, I'd say too. Jimmy Hart like uh, like all the other guys, like they're like kind of stiff at the joints, but Jimmy Hart's like 
a little more <laughs> a little more mobile because he's so tiny he can just well he's he so tiny and he's also not the one who was like thrown around and throwing people around his entire life you that's know? true he was a manager so he was ex escorting and talking for yeah most most of the time tag team sometimes singles wrestlers but mostly guys who weren't very good talkers to begin with <laughs> like brett the hitman heart you know yes he actually managed the heart foundation funny you mentioned that well yeah heart you know yeah he's <laughs> brett hart jimmy jimmy hart and jim the anvil night heart all hearts <laughs> oops all hearts <laughs> Okay, anyway, we should probably get back to the episode. Yes. Sorry for that little digression. Just thought I should clue you guys in on what you should expect and what's going to happen. This emotional roller coaster that we're going to go on, I might cry on my own show, which is horribly embarrassing to think about, <laughs> but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, the next legend to arrive at the Legends House is Howard Finkel. Yep, Howard Finkel. Just so great. I love just, him. He's the cutest little butterball. Just, like, always ready to, like, have a good time and try something new. And, yeah, just a little little butterball turkey, you know? He is so cute. He's I love just, him. He's and just he's round. So, and... He's so positive. He's so yeah. optimistic. He always has something nice to say to about everybody. He never talks shit. Yeah. I love Howard. Unproblematic. We stand an unproblematic king. <laughs> no one Definition can of him. <laughs> no one can out... Think the fink is his catchphrase. And for literal months, <laughs> Joe Bob thought that it was no one can outthink the fink, like his name. <laughs> He's the finkiest of all of them. Definitely the finkiest of the bunch. He is. I would absolutely say that. Except for maybe the next guy, which is Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's pretty finky, I would say. And Hacksaw, if you don't know who Hacksaw Jim Duggan is... Um, you know how sometimes at sporting events, people will chant, USA, USA, Hacksaw Jim Duggan started that. He, he innovated that. That was his, yeah, that was like his thing. That was his thing. He always carried out a two by four for some reason. (laughs) I don't know. He's, uh, he's just a kind of a weirdo. And, um, and ho, "Ho!" yeah, his other catchphrase is ho (laughs) and USA. Yeah. People, people love to chant that to this day. And it's all because of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, and when Haven, ha- Haven, when Hacksaw gets into the Legends House, he mentions that he's nervous about being in the Legends House, being on this show, because he has had a history of beef with some of the other Legends. Particularly Tony Atlas. Yes, he and Tony yeah. Atlas do not get along. They have not gotten along in the past. And now they have to live in the same house for several weeks. Yeah. How's that going to go? Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I have a feeling this is going to come up again for some reason. Um, why would I think that? Maybe because I've seen this series <laughs> a couple times. of times. <laughs> yes. Uh, the next legend to come into the house is me and Gene Okerlund, who was also involved in the wrestling album. He's saying Tutti Fruity, <laughs> made famous by Little Richard. It was great. And me and Gene is just so happy to see everyone, just like genuinely yeah. It's so cute to see him just get so excited yeah. about having everyone there. He's just like walking in there. This guy's looking like uh like he's been a Lutheran minister for 60 years. <laughs> That's exactly how I would describe me, Gene. Exactly. And just Oh, hey, there you are. <laughs> he's got like a radio announcer voice. He does. His voice does not match his face. Um 
neither does his personality because he's kind of a firecracker yeah none none of those three things are like fit (laughs) no they don't because his personality he's a little bit raunchy yeah he said he like swears all the time he tells people to go fuck themselves (laughs) looks like a lutheran minister and then (laughs) he sounds like this so let's get ready to rumble what's gonna happen next for rocky and bullwinkle like that's the that's what he sounds like Exactly. And then, fuck, 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 <laughs> ass. What's gonna happen to this fuckwit Rocky and his dumb shit Bullwinkle? That's me and Gene. I hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, the very last legend to come into the Legends house is the number one guy in my heart forever and always, Mr. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Wait. I was doing the wrong song. <laughs> no, you got it, yeah. Wait, was that it? Uh, uh, he, he goes through a bunch of different songs, because he does Scottish Soldier. I know, he does that one a lot. Oh, I thought you were doing You Are My Sunshine. I'm like, Roddy Piper never came out to You Are My Sunshine. The fuck do you think he is? Um, anyway. That was our bagpipe oh, I thought you were. I, I thought you were going to be the drone, and I was going to be the bagpipe. Oh, I did do the drone for a little bit. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh. while you were doing yours. Oh, sorry, I wasn't paying that much attention, <laughs> I guess. But anyway, the point of all of this, this stupid bullshit is... He's, he's the Scottish one. Yeah, he's the Canada. Scottish one. He's from Saskatchewan. He's from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is just about as not Scotland as you can be. <laughs> And still be white. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Canada and Scotland are opposites, everyone knows. God rest his soul. Love Rowdy Rowdy Piper. <laughs> the show came out very shortly before he passed away. And so this was kind of kind of the mm-hmm. last thing that he did that was like a mainstream sort of thing. Yeah. And he rolls up and he's uh, immediately like, oh, I'm used to 80,000 people trying to stab me. So it's like, oh, okay, that's what kind of guy this is, if we didn't already know. Here's his walls. They're iron. They have spikes on yes. them. <laughs> like, he's he's not there to have a... He's there to be there. <laughs> he's there to get paid. Exactly. Yeah. He is very, very visibly reluctant to do this show at all, to do Legends House at all. And he says, I don't think there's anything I'm going to learn here that I don't already know. Yeah. So right from the get-go, you see that he's not he's not ready to get to know these guys. That's all the stuff he says to the camera, but he's still, like, being pleasant, you know, to all these other oh, people yeah. and stuff. But, like, It's like still. he's putting on a show, putting yeah. on a mask. Yeah. Um, Pat and Tony consistently call him Rodney, which is not his name. <laughs> they just always call him Rodney, Rodney Piper. There's one part where Pat's talking to, to Gene and he's like, is Rodney okay? And Gene's like, who? <laughs> and Pat's like, Rodney. And Gene's like, fucking who? <laughs> <laughs> fucking who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Pat's like, Rodney Piper. Is he okay? And Gene's like, I don't know. <laughs> Rodney Piper, that is not his name. Um, going back to Roddy, he, he says that he kind of feels like the outcast of this group of guys yeah and pro wrestling is really the only place that has ever felt like home for him yeah well and he kind of talks about this uh a little bit later on too where he's like um you're always roddy you know you're always roddy piper and 
playing to the crowd and playing that that character is kind of his life. Right. Um, a little bit about Roddy Piper's life that I don't know if you know. Um, he ran away from home when he was very young, like between 12 and 15. His dad was abusive. His home life was really shitty. So he ran away from home. And the, the people that took him in were uh, professional wrestlers. And so that's like pretty much the only life he's ever known is this life that he's made his profession. And so he kind of he feels like that's who he is as a person. But on the inside, he really knows that it's not. And yeah. it's hard for him to separate the two and keep the two separate when his entire life has been both of them together. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's pretty crazy. And that's, like, a lot to put on a person. It really is. And it's really sad because Roddy is, like, he's very moody. He's, not a, he's not a person that you really get close to. Yeah. And I think it's largely due to his upbringing and this way that he sees himself. We'll talk about that more as as this episode in particular goes on. Um, right now, everything's good, though. Everybody's having a nice time. Everybody's just, like, chatting, catching up. Uh, and they're all, they're, everyone's paired together when they come into the house. They yes. all have, like, a roommate, and all have a room. And Jimmy Hart's like, oh, man, my room doesn't have a bathroom. I'm gonna have to wake you guys. I'm a, I hope I don't wake you guys up at 5 o'clock every morning when I come in here to use the bathroom. Oh, yeah, Jimmy realizes that he has to share a bathroom with Hacksaw and Roddy Piper, who are known for being not the nicest guys. And so Jimmy is very nervous because he gets up real early and these two, they sleep until like fucking noon or something. And so he's very nervous about that. Um, Jimmy is rooming with Hillbilly, the yoga hippie. Yep. Um, the Butterball Howard. They're both from the South, so like that's that's a cool little... They are. And both of their names are Jim. <laughs> there's three gyms here there's, yes there's there's they're long on gyms there's a lot of gyms there's a lot of gyms there's jimmy hart hillbilly gym and hacksaw jim duggan three gyms yeah get different names wrestlers <laughs> how the fuck am i supposed to keep y'all separate um what other roommates are there oh yes there's jimmy and hillbilly um howard the butterball and pat patterson the one who who talks about rodney piper <laughs> Yeah. Those two are roommates. Um, Tony Atlas and me and Jean are also roommates. Okay. And the final roommates are Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Roddy Piper. Yeah. So none of these guys have really lived in a roommate situation for a while, probably. Yeah, not <laughs> since they were on the road sleeping in hotel rooms with guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're all like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Yeah, nobody. It's this big, beautiful house. You would think that there would be enough rooms that they don't have to have roommates. But I think that that's part of the thing. Like, yeah. Oh, you have to have a roommate. You have to be close to each other all the time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't consider that. I. I didn't think of that. I'm sure it's to build tension as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and they're they're even talking about like I don't know, <laughs> whatever. All these all these relationships that we've had at at the point prior to this they're going to be tested right not just not just like the situations where they have been in where they know about these people and stuff but also like man that kind of close proximity and <laughs> exactly wrestling is this like big family 
pretty much. That's how I would describe it. Like, everybody knows everybody. You know what I mean? And so this, like, brotherhood that they've constructed with each other over the years is definitely going to get pushed. Yeah. It's the point of the show. Yeah. Honestly. Um, yeah, that's... It's a really good way that they're talking about this that sets up the show, sets up what what you can expect the general themes of this show to be. It's a little more three-dimensional than your average reality show. Yeah. Anyway, everyone is getting all settled in to the Legends house. They're putting their clothes away, putting all their stuff away, kind of scoping the place out, checking out where they want to hang out and everything. Um, and then here comes Ashley! <gasps> Whoa. She's the woman. <laughs> She's the only woman in the entire show. She's Ashley. Um... I'm not sure who she is, really. I don't know if she was, like, a wrestler at some point. I have never heard of her prior to this show. Um, but she's kind of, like, the... the Host? The almost. host, yeah, kind of. Not necessarily. I mean, she shows up to, like... Give quests. Yeah, she gives them yeah. their challenges. Um, but, yeah, she shows up this first time, and Jean likes Ashley. Yeah, so, like, those old cartoons where the heart beats out of the chest and the guy's drooling and... Auga! Yeah, <laughs> This is this is Jean, almost Jean. to a T, almost actually all of that. Jean at Ashley, and Jean at this point is probably around seventy years old, and Ashley is maybe twenty five. <laughs> so it is kind of uncomfortable to watch, um, but <laughs> I mean, Jean's gonna do what Jean does, and that's like beautiful women from a couch. <laughs> from a couch, exactly. Um, then Ashley comes in, she introduces herself, and she sets up their first challenge, which is a re recurring theme throughout the show. They get new challenges every day, every episode. And this challenge is going to ask the Legends and their roommates to team up to bring some lovely baked goods to their neighbors around the neighborhood and introduce themselves. Yeah, um, are they paired? They're paired up by roommates, right? Yes, they're teamed up okay. with their roommates. Okay, so you got Tony and Jean, Howard and Pat, the Jimmy team and Hacksaw and Roddy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Um, but anyways, so that gets to be fun. And they all go on their own little mini adventures. Yeah, they all kind of break <laughs> off into their, their groups of roommates and just go off into these other neighborhood, these other houses in the neighborhood, I should say. Yeah. Um, so the, the first team, you got Hacksaw and Roddy and they show up at this house and there's like, a little dog and some little boys and they're and they're talking and having a good time or whatever and um this tiny little boy he's like uh, you should fight that big guy <laughs> and Roddy's like you want me to wrestle that guy and so he does he punches Axel like right in the back he of the does. head <laughs> And this little boy is like, oh my god, he really did it. He, like, backs away, like, oh my god. <laughs> he's yeah. unhinged. Yeah, Roddy was just ready to get in there and make this little boy's day. And he's, like, crawling around, and he's, like... He loves the kids so much. He's, oh. like, crawling around, like, talking at them at eye level. Yeah. Like, getting close to them. He loves the kids. It's so cute. Yeah, Roddy is on the ground to talk to the little boy who's under the table. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. I love him so much. He's so pure. Um... This one in particular, I love seeing them interact with the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how how they're different with each other than they are with people, you know, the general public who knows who they are and love them. Yeah. 
they it's a little bit like wall up almost where it's like they're playing like a like a character of themselves like a little bit mm-hmm. they're kind of doing what they feel is expected of them yeah absolutely but they're still like very nice very friendly yeah when they're doing like a it's not a shoot. I was really, I was really excited to use my new wrestling. Oh no! <laughs> well, they would be working the fans, I yeah. guess, in a way. Yeah, that's what it is. Kind but... of. Anyway, um, they get fucking. What's the thing with the dog biscuit? Oh, um. So to get back at Roddy, um, this little boy is like, "You gotta give a dog biscuit to this dog," and Hacksaw's like, "Nah, you should give that to Roddy." <laughs> boy is like i got you this treat and roddy takes a bite of this dog biscuit and he's like that's a fucking dog biscuit and hacksaw's like suck on that bitch he's like, hey, 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 laughing in the corner uh, that's right i couldn't remember what that was so that's enough of those guys yeah they did a lot at this house they they were the most warmly received at their neighbor's house i would say yeah uh, the next team is hillbilly and jimmy and they go to this like older couple's house and they have these vintage WrestleMania t-shirts that they give this older couple. And um, and Jimmy doesn't know what cilantro is. <laughs> and it, but he's, like, enthusiastically taking this, like, oh, yeah, thank you very much. I'm going to use this. Which is absolutely bonkers because the man only eats beans and potatoes. We Yes. <laughs> not, like, baked beans. Not, like, green beans. Not, like, good beans. Like, a can of, like, white beans they're like these white flat <laughs> beans i've never seen them before and he eats them i'm not even kidding every single episode microwaved just yes. microwaved beans we'll get to, we'll get to that a little bit more in a bit um but yeah jimmy hart he only eat, he doesn't like cilantro he knows that now he only likes beans and potatoes and that's uh hillbilly and jimmy's visit to their neighbor's place and we go to Tony and Gene now, and this kind of creepy guy lets them in. I don't want to say a neck beard, but well, he's kind of like a neck beard. He's kind of like uh, I never leave my house. I'm always on internet chat rooms, kind of person. <laughs> um, and he invites them in for some brownies, which are apparently amazing because Tony keeps shoveling them in his mouth, and Gene is visibly uncomfortable <laughs> by this creepy guy. This he's he's definitely catfished. He's, he's had to have. Oh, he must have catfished at some point in his life. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was framed in the show, at least, to be very creepy. Yeah. And I, Tony's just chowing down on these brownies. And like, Gene's like, TikTok. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta go, Tony. I hate to leave, but we gotta fucking go. And Tony's <laughs> like, oh, oh. Well, I've been here for one minute. I'm okay. <laughs> Pretty much. And they eventually do get to leave. Gene finally gets his way. And then we go to um, Pat and Howard, and they're, like, outside the gate of this house. And um, the maid or something comes out of the house, and she only speaks Spanish. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Howard Finkel is like, uh, I speak some Spanish, I guess. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's talking to the maid, like, is anyone there? We're supposed to deliver this cake. <laughs> and she's like, no. And so they get told to leave. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, what we learn there is that Howard Finkel is proficient in beginner Spanish. He carried a conversation for a little while, even though it wasn't successful. Um, 
yeah. We should have done these stories in uh, reverse order. It had something to build to. No kidding. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, Roddy and Hacksaw definitely had the most interesting thing happen with their their people. But, you know, you live and you learn. That's all of them. Um, Everyone gets back to the Legends house. They're all done interacting or not interacting with their neighbors. And Roddy, there's this scene where Roddy spends about three minutes trying to figure out how to work this blender Everything goes wrong. He can't get it to turn on. He can't get it to open. He just can't figure it out. He grabs a knife at one point. He's, like, threatening the blender. And then Hacksaw comes in, and he just immediately gets it to work. He just, like, had to plug it in or something. Oh, yeah. So this blender, these cakes that are delivered, the cilantro, food is, like, such a huge plot point. Like, just all the fucking time. Like, Oh, yeah. They talk about food, like, a lot. Like, over 40% of the show is about food or revolves around food. Exactly. And even so much of, like, the events that happen in the show take place, like, over dinner, over lunch, something like that. It's very, it's a very food-oriented show. <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed that. That's a really good. Um... I get hungry, like, every time I watch this show yeah. because they're always, like cooking something or eating something or something you know well now going into what we're going to talk about next what happened next in the episode pat was like i'm gonna cook tonight i said i was gonna cook i'm gonna make cabbage roll which is this like traditional canadian dish yeah pat patterson is from quebec he's from montreal it's like meat and onion and some other stuff like all wrapped up in some cabbage and raisins also raisins raisins all wrapped up in this cabbage and like boiled it sounds kind of good yeah. I would try it. I like all of those things. Canadian stuff. Who knew? <laughs> and uh, Pat and Jimmy go to the grocery store to go shopping for ingredients. And Pat's like, oh, they don't have big enough cabbages. I don't know how this is going to go. The cabbages aren't big enough. I guess it only requires large cabbage. Yeah, you can only make cabbage rolls from <laughs> big fucking cabbage, I guess. According to Pat Patterson, at least. Um, they get back from the grocery store. Pat starts cooking. And while Pat's cooking, Roddy Howard, Hillbilly, and Hacksaw all go and play tennis. Yeah. And none of them are good at tennis. Well, like I said before, everyone's, like, fucking stiff. Everyone's moving like a old-timey G.I. Joe action figure. Everyone's at least 60 years old. Yeah. I should point that out as well. <laughs> and just beat, beat the hell up, you know? Oh, yeah. Howard Finkel is actually not that bad at tennis. He's not. He's probably the best of the four, as we can see from the filming of the episode. Yeah. Out of those four? Yeah. He's definitely. pretty good. Um, so they're all doing that, and Pat's like, oh, I can't get this cabbage roll the right size, and this isn't working, and this isn't like working or whatever. So he just, like, what, dips? What? He, like, leaves them in the pot to boil or whatever, just to, like, leave them there. And he says that they aren't going to be ready for dinner tonight. They have to, they have to do more stuff. They need more time or whatever. So they're not going to be ready for dinner tonight. Well, Roddy and Howard, they win their tennis match because Howard's so good at tennis for some reason. And they come in, they find out that they're not going to have cabbage roll tonight and they're bummed out. And that's that. That's that. Roddy eats like a peanut butter sandwich or something angrily. He's like, I was looking forward to cabbage roll. Very food oriented people, all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the next morning, after all of this stuff with the cabbage roll, this cabbage roll fiasco, someone bangs a fucking gong outside, and Tony Atlas calls it the dong show. Yeah, he's got, like, a thick, like, southern (laughs) 
accent. <laughs> it's very thick. He's got all these like he speaks in proverbs sometimes. <laughs> and he he doesn't pronounce everything correctly. <laughs> He's very funny but not like intentionally so. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the dong show. Um, <laughs> and the legends all go outside to investigate. And it's it's Gary Busey. <laughs> Here's Gary Busey's dog show. <laughs> Gary Busey's dong show. Um, <laughs> I'd like to mention that I don't think Gary Busey has ever been involved in wrestling before. I don't know why the fuck Gary Busey is here. Um, but here he is. Here he stays. And he gets everybody to sit in a circle on the lawn outside on yoga mats and Gary Busey leads them through this weird meditation thing. Uh, basically, Howard Finkel and Hillbilly Jim are the only people that are like, all right, yeah, let's meditate. Of Everyone course, else is like, this is fucking dumb. This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Of course, Hillbilly is enjoying himself because he's the yoga hippie. Yeah. He's going to like meditation, weird or not. Um, and Gary Busey is just getting weirder and weirder. He says that when he gets bored, he honks at geese. And Tony's like, man, I like this guy. He's deep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tony. (laughs) The legends, all the legends except for Tony, they're like, what? What the fuck are you doing? Why are you here? And Gary, like, senses that he is losing them, so he tones it down a little bit. And everyone goes to the other side of the lawn to have lunch. They've got, like, sandwiches and whatnot. It's pretty pretty nice-looking spread. Mm -hmm. And everybody starts chatting about their home lives and tony mentions his charity work with kids right right he's like he's like well a lot of people aren't spending enough time with kids right like apparently research shows or whatever that um kids need a certain amount of of interaction time with with uh, as a social life like with adults and stuff or whatever mm-hmm. and that they're not getting enough of that right but then, fucking, fucking hacksaw Jim Duggan is like, "Excuse me, like, are you trying to say that I'm not spending enough time with my kids?" Because yeah, uh, <laughs> he says like it's it all starts at home. Yeah, and that rubs Tony the wrong way. He's like, "I wasn't talking about your kids. I'm not insulting your kids. I'm talking about my charity work with yeah. these underprivileged kids." And so they both have a little bit of like a confrontational kind of heated back and forth for a while with yeah just like some miscommunication and like misinterpretation exactly they're both so many of the arguments because hacksaw and tony do get into it for most of the series so many of the arguments that they have are just miscommunication they're saying the exact same thing but they don't understand that they're saying the same thing and it comes across as an (laughs) argument yeah (laughs) it's just it, that's exactly what it is. It's all lack of understanding and communication. Yeah, it's it's like they're having beef because they want to have beef. Yeah, pretty much. And they kind of cool down a little bit. The conversation goes elsewhere. The conversation turns to performance in the ring. And Roddy mentions how... Well, first Gary Busey is like, uh, well, you can... I take off my mask, my actor mask... And I hang it on the shelf until I need to play that character again, right? And then I go home, and I'm me. I'm Gary Busey. Right. And Roddy's like, okay, fucking gloves off. <laughs> yes, Roddy talks about a little bit about what I was just talking about before. His whole life is wrestling. His whole life has been wrestling, okay? 
it's so hard for him to take off that character when he goes home because that's who he is yeah the character that he plays and the character that he is in real life they are they're so much more intertwined than what gary Busey's saying and he's like you have that luxury that privilege and as wrestlers we we rarely do you know Roddy Piper is expected to be Roddy Piper. A lot, yeah. A lot. He's not he's not necessarily always allowed to be Roderick Toombs. He has to be Roddy Piper. And that really bothers him. You can see in the way that he's talking about it that this is not something that he wants. This is not something that he wanted for himself. But it's kind of the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it like kind of tortures him inside. It's really sad. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of sad shit happens to Roddy in this first episode. Um, so that simmers down. And yeah. Gary Busey hightails it out of there, I guess, to honk at more geese. Yeah. <laughs> it goes back to honk at more geese because I guess this conversation bored him. <laughs> um, and all the legends go back into the house, go back to their lounging area, and they talk about WrestleMania 1, which all of them were involved in wrestling in or otherwise and gene makes himself out to be this apparently like amazing bartender he's always making people drinks by amazing uh it's very alcohol heavy oh drinks. yeah it's gene like is a semi-alcoholic he drinks all the time uh, like in the morning <laughs> yeah he's starting by like 9 a.m and he he's known for making a very very stiff drink yeah <laughs> i uh um, more tequila than mixer honestly <laughs> margarita and jeans making drinks for everybody and it seems like roddy still has kind of a lot on his mind and he goes back to his room to be by himself so everyone's drinking but roddy because roddy's he's sober now he's been sober for he said since 2009 this came out in 2015 so six years six years sober and so uh yeah so he's living in this house with all these people that are drinking and it's kind of a little bit of a throwback to his drinking days right and his party days and stuff back in the time when he was getting arrested all the time when he was just going way too overboard it kind of snaps him back to that and he's like i i don't want this yeah i gave this up for a reason you know he's kind of had a bit of social overload and it's clear that he's not He's not right in his mind right now. It's kind of too much for him. Um, And so he leaves the Legends house. He walks out to go on a walk. He's in the middle of the fucking desert. Yeah, this is the middle of Palm Springs. It's, like, very remote, you know? And he ends up in this field somewhere. Yeah. And he starts howling at the moon. And it's a bit worrying. Like, it's framed like it's kind of sort of supposed to be a joke. But it is a bit worrying because he really doesn't seem like himself. He's kind of manic yeah. a little bit. He's like, his mind is racing. He's going back and forth. He's in his bathrobe. like. Yeah. He's just like out by himself in his slippers and bathrobe, howling at the fucking moon, you know? And they're all like, where's Rodney? I hope Rodney's okay. Yeah. The, I think this is the part where Pat Patterson was like, Rodney? Who the <laughs> hell is Rodney? <laughs> Rodney Piper. Um, and the other legends overcutting over this are, they're talking about how they never know what to expect from Roddy. Yeah, Rodney was always a bit of a loner. That's what Jimmy Hart says. Oh, yeah. And that's how the first episode ends. Really dark spot for Roddy. Yeah. 
so that's that i guess (laughs) it makes you wonder what's gonna happen to him next um luckily as we begin episode two we pick off right where we left off and roddy seems to have he seems some good seems to have come from his walk the fresh air really did him some good cleared his head a little bit and he goes back into the legend's house to his room and hacksaw his roommate comes in to check on him and the two of them have this this really nice little moment where Hacksaw sits on his bed and they're just talking back and forth, joking around a little bit. Yeah. Some, like, pillow talk stuff. I don't know. Pillow talk? <laughs> what are you insinuating? <laughs> Not pillow talk. <laughs> they're just friends. They're just, they're just hanging out. They're just, they're just talking deep talks i suppose it's really the first time that we see roddy let his walls down for yeah, anybody absolutely and it's really nice to see him just kind of connect with someone in that like gentler way because he's very loud he's roddy piper <laughs> you know he's gonna be a little bit in your face but it's just nice to see him and hacksaw kind of yeah kind of have this bond start to see how their friendship is developing now yeah a little more a little more deflated at a roddy yeah he's still he is still reluctant to open up but he's definitely less scared this is about the point where they have a cut of him and he's like this is probably the most i've opened up ever (laughs) yeah he said he hasn't even opened up this much to his family yeah which his family he had been with his wife for like 36 years up to that point (sighs) that's a very long time to be with somebody and not open up yeah but that just also shows you what kind of person Roddy Piper is. He's not not about to get close to anybody. Yeah. Um, so the next morning rolls around, and uh, everyone's awake, um, except for one person. <laughs> Hillbilly Jim is, he looks like a giant in the tiniest bed. His blanket only covers his torso. <laughs> uh, so Emperor's New Groove, right? When Yzma and Kronk are like on the run and they're trying to find Kuzco, and uh, Kronk has that little tent over his like legs. That's what Hillbilly Jim kind of looks like, <laughs> except for he's got the sleeping mask and earplugs. This guy's dead to the world. He's <laughs> he is not waking up for nobody. He's, yeah. <laughs> this maid comes in and she's like, hello, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Hillbilly's like, I had a dream where somebody was telling me good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> and he wakes up. He's had fucking earplugs in the yeah, whole time. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> what? She's like... I'm going to vacuum. <laughs> He's like, okay, you can vacuum and just goes right back to sleep <laughs> while this woman is vacuuming all around him. He's not waking up for anybody. Um, and while Hillbilly is trying to sleep, Tony is out in the courtyard spending some time on his art. Yeah, he's, like, drawing. or Yeah, he's an amazing, like, painter, and, and he's very good at drawing. And he talks about how that's very therapeutic. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, I I hope I don't keep having problems with with hacksaw and. <laughs> oh yes, he. They keep talking about how they're worried that they're gonna start having problems again, both of them. Yeah. So you know that obviously they're going to start having problems. Um. Because this is the morning after their Gary Busey lunch, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. This this is once again just to set you up for more to come. <laughs> they're obviously not done with the hacksaw Tony rivalry. Um, and now Ashley is back. Yep. It's the next morning. Ashley has returned, and Gene is ready for Ashley. This is the fastest Gene moves at, like, 
two miles <laughs> two miles an hour but it's <laughs> twice as much as this one mile an hour honestly yeah gene is ready to intercept ashley gene is ready to to take her as his wife he's got hearts in his eyes <laughs> he do and she tells the legends that they've been invited to a polo match which the legends are very confused about they're like what is polo <laughs> <laughs> And they are split into two teams, and they are captained by Hillbilly and Hacksaw. Two gyms. Two gyms? Yeah, Hillbilly, Jim, Hacksaw, Jim. Oh, the two gyms. Two <laughs> of the three gyms, yes. And uh, they're, all of the legends are very reluctant to do this polo thing. Some of them don't know what polo is. Tony is very afraid of animals, and he doesn't want anything to do with the polo match he said i'm gonna knock that motherfucking horse out he wants nothing to do with these horses he is so afraid of horses he's like i'm not about to get trampled to death today and jimmy hart's like what the hell is he afraid of he's a 200 pound man <laughs> jimmy hart yes i should mention that jimmy hart is about my size <laughs> he's very small if you've he's... never met me before i am five foot one <laughs> jimmy hart the the chihuahua man he is truly a chihuahua, man. He's tiny. He's like, you think you're going to knock that motherfucking horse out, Tony? What do you think's <laughs> going to happen to me? And they get to the field, and all these golf carts come out. And it turns out that they won't be playing polo with horses at all, and Tony is the most relieved. He's like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's Tony's back in. <laughs> you know, he's... He is, yes. He's like, great. I don't have to knock a horse out. All the more better for me. And um, so they start this polo match between Hacksaw and Hillbilly's teams. And it becomes very clear that the legends are extremely competitive when it comes to games and challenges of this sort, especially Roddy Piper. Yeah, Roddy Piper is now, he's, he's in his zone, you know. He's, he's doing his thing now. Like, he's got a task and he can do it, you know. When he's just lounging around the house, like, he's like a little lost. But when he's got something to do... He's, he's fucking, all right, yes. all right, let's do it. <laughs> he seems so much happier during the challenges. Yeah. I think oh, it's absolutely. because he does have something to do. He has something to put his mind on, so he's not, you know, stuck in his own head. Yeah. In between plays in this polo game, all of the legends are cutting little promos like they would before <laughs> a wrestling match. Like, I haven't seen this much whining and crying since I was in the nursery. And it's like, <laughs> this isn't a wrestling match. <laughs> They're just talking so much trash and it's so cute. It's just, oh man, this is what they know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Roddy and Tony are getting pretty rowdy, if you will. They have a little jousting match with their mallets. Things are getting crazy, starting to get very competitive up in here with the legends. And little Howard, our little butterball, he says, I feel like I'm reliving an episode of the Keystone Cops. <laughs> oh, I love him. And the game goes on, the game goes on. It's pretty back and forth for a while. Uh, yeah, Mean Gene Okerlund loses his gimmick, which is what he calls his mallet. <laughs> he yes. Took my, he took my gimmick. <laughs> I didn't really get that joke. You thought it was really funny. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't think it was a joke. I think it was just he couldn't, he didn't know the name for his mallet, so he just called it a gimmick. A gimmick? <laughs> he took my gimmick. And then it cut to, it cut to like an old, old, uh, clip oh it was a monday nitro a monday nitro where mean gene has got a, he's got a neck brace and he runs up on the onto the ring and he just like kicks some guy right in the fucking nuts it's 
<laughs> it's hilarious. Holy balls. <laughs> mean Jean. Same I love man. it. Same man, exactly. Um, they finish the game, or they don't finish the game, but they're they're done with all of this stuff. And it's all tied up in the last few seconds of the game. It's very exciting. Like, ooh, who's going to get it? And Hacksaw's team pulls through the very last second, and they give the other team the business. Of course, since Hacksaw was the oh. team captain, USA, <laughs> USA, because that's wrestling, baby. <laughs> and after this game, the te- both teams... They settle down to dinner on the field. They have, like, a pretty nice spread. Mm -hmm. They always have good food to eat, it looks like. I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. And um, they're all reminiscing about wrestling for a while, as they do, as the legends tend to do. Um, And here comes Ashley again. And she comes up and tells the losing team, Hillbilly's team, that they're going to have to clean up the horse stables as punishment for not winning the golf cart polo game. And Tony's like, uh... <laughs> I have to be near horses? <laughs> Fuck. But he's like, he's scooping shit and whatever with the other guys, and he goes up to a horse, of course behind a fence, and he's like, I'm gonna ride you someday. And the horse is like, And Tony's like, okay. <laughs> Tries to befriend a horse. The horse ain't having it. And Tony's like, well, I tried. <laughs> he tried. Maybe another time, Tony. Um... That's the end of that day. The next morning, Hillbilly is back to wearing his shoulderless t-shirt and panties to bed. That is a look. I love it. And um, Jimmy gives us a Jimmy Hart hairdo tutorial. It's not a bo- It's not a shag. It's not a mullet. It's the Jimmy Hart. And it's like, <laughs> you take all your hair, you put it up, and then almost slick it back, but make it tall. <laughs> He's been doing his hair the same way for, I want to say, 40 years. I was about to guess 40 years. <laughs> he has not changed it, not never, not one time. Um, yeah, his thing, his his little uh, catchphrase is like, I'll do it as long as my hair don't get messed up. Yeah. As long as my hair doesn't get messed up, I'm in. Jimmy is all about his hair. He is all about his hair. He's very vain when it comes to his hair. Mm-hmm. But it always it always stays in place, you know? Never looks out of out of place. He's, he uses, like, a half a can of hairspray. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like he uses time. hella product. And he's very careful to not ever get it wet. <laughs> because that would ruin the illusion. But mm-hmm. we're all particular about our own things. And in the kitchen, Tony is making breakfast. And he starts talking a lot to everybody. He tells a lot of stories. And he has great stories. But Pat Patterson's like... They never end. We've heard them all <laughs> for the last yeah. 30 years <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. Once Tony starts talking, he doesn't stop talking. And that kind of alienates some of the other legends. They're like, man, yeah. I don't want to have to deal with all of your talking all the time. You know what I mean? This is a lot. It's like he likes to hear himself, you know? Exactly. One of those kind of situations. And so they're all kind of like pushing Tony away a little bit. And... Howard talks about how he's gained quite a bit of weight since his heyday as an announcer. Um, And so he starts exercising and trying to lose weight, trying to get trying to get healthier, I would say. Um, And it's inspiring because he's like, this is I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And Ashley comes in and tells the guys that they're going to go exercise today with Howard. They're going to go support Howard in his weight loss journey. Yeah. And they all go to Zumba which is like this dance thing. And 
all of the legends are like weirdly dorky around the women like oh i haven't seen a woman in what like two days <laughs> like, jesus christ guys you just saw ashley but now there's like a room full of them and they're like oh gorge you yeah. know yeah it's it's kind of kind it's of very weird, weird. <laughs> it is weird they they're like different people around the women um and they're all doing zumba everybody's trying their best it's a lot of work though it looks like there's yeah. like sweat dripping down their faces but they're having a good time but they will never come back ever uh, most of them are trying to keep up and like not <laughs> not so much yeah like one guy was keeping up who was that I think there's one of them that was kind of that was kind of keeping up. Maybe. I think it was Hacksaw. Oh yeah, yeah. He was doing okay, I think. But Pat and Gene were like, "Oh, I'm tired." Yeah, they had to, <laughs> they had to sit out. <laughs> they sat out for most of it. Um, but Zumba, they all had a decent time at Zumba. Definitely worked up a sweat, and they go back to the Legends House. And Gene and Pat are in charge of dinner tonight, and. Gene's got all this steak, all this hamburger. He has no fucking idea how much protein eight people are going to eat. He's got, like, a million steaks and, like, ten pounds of hamburger. There's, like, a mound of just frozen meat sitting out. And Jimmy Hart's like, that's too much meat for all these people. Gene's like, Jimmy, go away! I'm making dinner! And he, Jimmy's like... I'm not gonna eat that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't have to worry about this because I'm eating beans and potatoes like I do every night. Um, and Jimmy's over like trying to get his beans and potatoes ready to go in the oven. And he's like, there's something in here, but the oven's not on. And Gene's like, no, I'm defrosting hamburger. And Jimmy's like, the oven isn't on. And he's like, it's defrosting. <laughs> Jimmy's like, there's no heat. <laughs> it's a very who's on first. <laughs> they go back and forth for a little while. And... None of the meat is defrosted for dinner tonight, so basically they're fucked for dinner. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Fucking Gene and, uh, fucking, uh, uh, fucking Gene and Pat, who are cooking, they're like, well, we can't do this. We're gonna go play cards. They haven't fucking told anyone. Oh, yeah. They're but... like, oh, they can fend for themselves, but they don't let any of them know that they're on their own for dinner. And so everybody's expecting dinner. And now it's 8.30 p.m. and they haven't had dinner yet. And Roddy is starving. <laughs> Feeding Roddy is the legend's top priority right now because he is going crazy. Yeah, Roddy is is a sight to behold. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, I, I gotta eat. I, uh. <laughs> yeah, he's like scratching. He's getting like like meth hives a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, like, it, he kind of mentions a little bit that if he doesn't eat soon he will kill one of them <laughs> and i believe him i believe that he would and uh roddy and hacksaw are like let's get delivery this is genius let's get delivery they punched a man in the back roddy punched a man in the back of the head for a meme for a little boy like <laughs> like what do you think he's gonna do for some grub man so he and Hacksaw decide to get delivery, right? And they go outside to formulate a plan. They have this GPS. They're trying to look up nearby <laughs> restaurants, but they are 60 years old. They can't figure out the GPS. They're like, how the fuck does this work? They spend a lot of time outside. They just... find a steakhouse and they're like, we don't even know if they deliver. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to figure it out. Nothing is going right for them. All the while, Roddy's like, I'm fucking so hungry. If I don't eat, I'm going to die. And meanwhile, while Roddy and Hacksaw are having a crisis outside, Tony and Hillbilly Jim step up and they're like, 
let's make dinner for everybody. I guess there was thawed chicken or something. Yeah, there was chicken and there was some thawed hamburger because Hillbilly was making hamburgers as well. Okay. Oh, my God. That chicken, though? Oh, it oh, looks so shit. good. Real oh. southern chicken. Yeah. Mm. It was, like, made some kind of, like, marinade with, like, barbecue sauce and, like, fucking yellow mustard and... Oh, Oh my god. It, it looks was... so good. Oh shit. <laughs> it did. So it's not just that they're making dinner, it's that they're making this high quality, delicious dinner for everybody. And Hacksaw and Roddy cut back to them. They're still outside. They're arguing back and forth. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorrier than you are, damn it. I'm sorrier since I was born. It's, it's so they're, stupid. They're, but they're laughing about it. They're having a good time. Kind of kind of lets uh, Roddy cool out a little bit. It's their friendship. Yeah, Hacksaw really knows how to handle Roddy. Yeah. Because he can be very moody and very, like, volatile. And Hacksaw's like, well, I'm going to take some heat off of you so it doesn't all blow up. Yeah. With just, like, dad humor. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at that. And they that's why they get along so well. Yeah. Um, And they come inside, finally. They're all defeated. They're not going <coughs> to eat. And as soon as Roddy hears that Tony... <laughs> and hillbilly have made food his mood changes immediately he's like oh thank you thank you so much no i'll just get a beverage for myself and i'll meet you in there gentlemen thank you charmed he's like a perfect gentleman <laughs> yeah and then and then the nice thing to come out of this too is like hacksaw was watching over roddy and tony was making sure like roddy had food and like now hacksaw and tony had a little little thing that they could like kind of bond over they were both looking after their pal roddy you know so at that moment they kind of they kind of set aside some differences and were like well i'm not expecting an apology but mm -hmm. it is kind of water under the bridge now yeah the hatchet they, is buried they both came to the conclusion that neither of them are going to apologize neither of them are going to think differently about the situation at lunch and so they will just put their differences aside understand that the other one is not going to budge and just get over it yeah. for a while everyone ends this episode on good terms yeah a it's lot, so great a lot better than the uh, last one man <laughs> oh yeah the la end of the last one was very dark and this one is just like you see some peace in the legend's house yeah you see them all coexisting together and having a nice time bonding a lot of fun things happen in this last episode mm-hmm all right, and the third and final episode that we're going to talk about on today's episode, episode three, we start early in the morning the very next day, and once again, Ashley shows up. Half the guys are still asleep, but she's there like, hey, boys. That's her catchphrase. <laughs> hey, boys. Um, half the guys are still asleep, and she gets everybody up, and she tells them that a local bowling team has challenged the legends to a game. A game of bowling. A game of bowling. And they're like, oh, we're ready to kick some ass. <laughs> oh yeah, they're like bowling. That's a game. We're very competitive. <laughs> we're very competitive. We're gonna we're gonna kick their butts. We're this is what we do. We kick ass. <laughs> exactly. So they get to the bowling alley, only to find that their opponents, this team that has challenged them, they're all women. Yeah. It's a women's bowling team, the bowling queens. Yeah, they're all these like older ladies. Yeah. That just do bowling, like, all the time, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're on, like, a bowling league or something. So they do this, like, weekly. Yeah. Yeah, they do it all the time, and they're pretty good. And the legends, they're still cutting promos and everything <laughs> and talking shit to these women all before the game. Very cute, very funny. 
Yeah. And they start the game, and the legends, they're all talk, you know. They kind of <laughs> suck at bowling. It's like gutter ball after gutter ball after gutter ball, like, right away. Like, no one's getting no one's getting anything. And the bowling queens are just dunking on these guys, man. Dunking on like, these guys, drinking, putting back drinks. Oh, yeah, they're all drinking margaritas. So they're, they're like, we can afford to be a little sloppy, you know. Um, and in between frames, the bowling queens are, like, giving them pointers and tips so they don't suck so much, which is very nice of them, because it's not really fun to, to just get dunk after dunk <laughs> without any competition. So it was really in their best interest anyway. Uh, and then, yeah, Roddy goes, like, full Hulkamania. And, <laughs> he uh, does. Gets a strike. And then that starts really tipping the, tipping the power then. Oh, yeah, it's bo- it definitely boosts morale. For the legends. They're like, okay, Roddy got a strike. That means that the tides have turned. We can do this. Yeah. We can do this. And they're going back and forth. The bowling queens are starting to sink more gutter balls because they've been throwing back drinks all morning, you know? Um, and it seems like a really close game. It seems like they yeah. really caught up to the bowling queens. Um, but the game's over and the bowling queens edge them out in the end. And Roddy's like, Bolin's phony. (laughs) Which I love when wrestlers say that. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, They had a nice time, though. It was really cute to see the legends flirting with age-appropriate women. (laughs) Yeah, versus yoga. (laughs) Versus yoga. Or not yoga, the Zumba. Zumba Plus Gene at Ashley. Anyway. Yeah, that was nice. It was nice. It was cute. And I like the interaction between the two of them. It was a little more friendly competition, probably because they were women. They didn't want to get, like, too aggressive, you know what <laughs> I mean? It wasn't like them fighting each other. When they're fighting each other, they're... Well, like, even in the in the polo game, like, he took my gimmick! That was, like, when Rowdy, he used his mallet to yeet Gene's mallet out of his hand, right? He did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they get crazy when they're playing games. Um... But not so much this time, which is probably good. Well, the game's over now. And they go back home. And Ashley's here again. She showed up twice already. And she informs the Legends that they are going to be split into teams for their next challenge. In which they will have to write, produce, direct, and star in their own commercials for these local businesses. And the team captains are Gene and Roddy. And Gene's team is Pat, Hillbilly, and Jimmy. And Roddy's team is Hacksaw, Howard, and Tony. And Tony gets picked last. Yeah, so he's like, hmm, well, fuck this. I see where I'm at, <laughs> getting picked last. And nobody wants to listen to me anyways, <laughs> because I've been trying to talk to people. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk to me, so he, he's gotten I just want to really, run the camera. Yeah. yeah. He gets really discouraged by this, and he's like... I don't want to participate. He's a lot more reluctant to participate. He just wants to run the camera and not do anything else because he feels like he's not being heard. He mm-hmm. feels like his ideas don't matter because, you know, he got picked last. And we'll, we start out with Gene's team, and they go to this auto spa mm-hmm. to film their commercial. What Can you describe a little bit of an auto spa? Like, Yeah, uh, like uh, it's a car wash. It's a very fancy car wash. It was that's what they were trying to say it's like is this like a car wash he's like no it's an auto spot it's like it's a fancy car wash (laughs) yeah it's like a luxury car wash kind of like it's like hand wash a lot of hand washing stuff like fancy soaps and everything too it's like a a really nice place 
Um, and Pat gets this brilliant idea that the tagline in this commercial should be, we have the best blowjobs in town. Thank yep. you for laughing. <laughs> it's about as much as I laughed. <laughs> I, uh, I guess I don't really... What, what part of the car blows, you know? It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I give Pat the benefit of the doubt sometimes <laughs> because his first language is not English. Oh, yeah. And uh, everybody's, like, doing the planning stage of their commercial, and everybody starts to butt heads, and they run into a bunch of problems in the planning stage of their commercial, mostly caused by Jimmy Hart, who's starting to get on everybody's nerves. Well, if you're gonna write that down, write that down in red, so I know that that's for me. You you gotta use a different color. Use a different color there, hillbilly. (laughs) Yeah, Pat was getting so annoyed by this. He's like, colors? We're using colors? He's like, just fucking write the thing down. You don't need to color code everything. And Jimmy, you know, he can be a little bit annoying. He's very loud, very tiny. Always has to have his opinion known. So, of course, he's going to get on people's nerves at some point. Um, But regardless, they they pull through. And they start filming inside the car wash. They're like, we want to get some shots of this. And... Pat gets sprayed by the, what is it? It's like the whole machine that turns on. It's like, the way you know when you're in the car wash and there's like the shower that comes from the side and from the top? All that turned on and just soaked uh, fucking Pat Patterson. He was getting hit from like every side. Yeah, and he was screaming and swearing. Yeah. And, and he was like, Jimmy, you did this. Jimmy, you pushed the button. And he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, Jimmy. And Jimmy's like, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And he said... I was watching the back bumper. <laughs> I was watching the back bumper! <laughs> if you watch the show, it sounds exactly like that. He's screaming that at Pat Patterson as Pat Patterson's, like, marching away. like. He's so pissed that he got sprayed by this machine. He thinks Jimmy Hart did it, but Jimmy's like, I swear I didn't do it. It turns out it was the guy who ran the auto spot. He's like, oh, I thought I got your signal. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I thought you wanted me to do it. And Pat's Pat's still mad at Jimmy, <laughs> even after he finds out. Even after he finds out it was the guy who runs the car wash, he's like, I, I still think you had something to do with it. Well, I think it's another one of those things where it's like he wanted beef. <laughs> he wanted <laughs> to place the blame. Yeah. Anyway, they finish their little shoot. Bunch of problems, but they get through it. And meanwhile, back at the back at the ranch, if you will. Uh, Van pulls up outside the Legends house and Roddy team's, Roddy's team goes outside and there's this really creepy guy with a van and he he's opens He's dressing the... like fucking Gonzo. Like... Oh yeah, he looks like Harry Styles a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's got like paisley pants. No, he's got like some kind of printed pattern on his pants and like a plaid shirt or something. Yeah, Roddy was so struck by these pants that this guy is wearing <laughs> that he's like, we're gonna have to sell pants. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> we're selling pants. But this creepy guy, he opens his van and a bunch of plastic lawn flamingos and rubber ducks fall out and their team discovers that they're going to have to do this commercial about a lawn flamingo rubber duck renting service yeah for uh, parties quotes you can rent out a bunch of lawn flamingos or ducks i don't see the appeal why do you need those (laughs) well roddy even says you rent them why (laughs) for parties what do they do? Nothing. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt in my heart. Totally agree with him. Totally understand his reluctance. He's like, how the fuck are you going to put this over? What, what's, what are we going to do? 
And everyone else thinks they're so stupid, which they are. Except for Tony, who's like, you know, this is this is kind of fun because it reminds me of like my childhood and like playing with toys or something, you know? Yes, his thing is like, you guys are taking all the wrong approach. When I first saw these, I got this big smile on my face. Everybody has a child inside of them. Yeah. Even like the biggest, toughest looking guy. He's got a child inside of him, and that's the direction that we should take. Um, but the other three guys <laughs> get stuck on this Flocko Flamingos! Flocko Flamingos! Which they fucking will not shut up about <laughs> for the rest of the episode. It's so annoying. They get stuck on this chant, and Tony is like, you're taking the wrong approach entirely. We gotta go back to this thing about how the big guys can be the biggest kids, right? Yeah. Um, but the majority has decided on this weird flock go goes <laughs> idea, which doesn't make any sense. And Tony's like, fine, whatever. I'm just going to run the camera and keep my mouth shut and clashes with everybody again. Uh, yeah, and Roddy is like, uh, another part of the flock of flamingos is they're all like, just like being fun and crazy and shit. So yeah. Roddy's like coming out of the pool and he's like splashing around like, Wah! get you some fucking flamingos. <laughs> he's like, he does a, a million different takes where he just like flies out of the pool. And he's like, flock of flamingos. <laughs> it does. I think the what they were trying to do with their commercial was like, the flamingos are so fun that we've all gone crazy. Yeah. Something like that. It's really stupid. Um, and Howard is like uh, doing all the production stuff or whatever. And he's like, Tony, what's your opinion about this on the shoot? And Tony won't give his opinion. He's Yeah, he's sick of it. He's tired. He's like, why do you guys want my opinion now when every time I get my opinion, you fucking shoot it down and shit? Yeah. Yeah. So he's changed his strategy. He's like, I'm just not going to talk anymore. Not going to give my opinion. And then the other guys come back. Uh, Gene's team. They come back. And so Tony and, and uh, Jimmy Hart, they're both talking. And they're like, man, it sucks that nobody's like listening to us. <laughs> you know? Because Jimmy had to deal with that whole thing with fucking Pat Patterson. Oh, yes. Where, where Pat blamed him for this thing that he didn't do. And he's like, I've been trying to say that this wasn't me. And Tony's like, yeah get a load of this <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't listen to me fucking at all and now they're both like editing their commercial oh yes uh, once everybody's back in the house the both teams start editing their commercials and gene's team seems to have a really good time editing their commercial they kind of fly through that they do like fucking problem free like they're just like all right it's like they all were on the same page and they all knew kind of where they uh where the they wanted their commercial to commercial to go Everybody had their their time in the in the spotlight. It was like it was really well like balanced, you know. They really did. They all knew what they wanted from the commercial. They all knew what they wanted to happen. And so, whereas they ran into all of these problems during the shoot, they ran into no problems during the editing process. So everything was pretty much smooth sailing from there. Everybody had a good time. They did a little voiceover stuff, got a bunch of stuff done, and no problems. No more problems. Um, on the other side, though, Roddy's team had a really hard time with consistency yeah. in their commercial. They didn't really have any direction to begin with, though. So it was just like trying to piece together all of this shit yeah. that doesn't make any sense from no direction at all. It was really hard, and it, I, it seemed to be really frustrating for them. Well, and Tony was still like, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be a part of this. And he fucking storms out. 
Yeah, he he wants to contribute at this point, but he disagrees with everybody. He disagrees with everybody's opinions, and all of the ideas that he mentions keeps getting shot down, and he's like, fuck this, you know, I'm done. He storms out, and he leaves Roddy Howard and Hacksaw to finish the commercial on their own. And they're like, okay, we're just going to give him some space. Roddy even goes back to check on Tony and be like, are you going to come back? And Tony's like, no, I'm done. And Roddy's like, okay. Yeah. Just gives him that space, lets him go. Everybody goes to bed. They're going to sleep on it, right? Next morning, fucking Roddy wakes up and he sees Tony and he's like, man, I'm sorry about that. And, you know, and, you know, they're just they're just having a good time now. Yeah, Roddy kind of changes his tactics. He's like this piece of shit guy that's always on everybody's nerves. But... I'm the team captain. I should make sure that everybody on my team is happy and everybody on my team has a say in what's going on. So he goes up to Tony and he's like, good morning, Tony. Good morning. Did you have a nice night? Did you sleep some? You getting enough in your food pyramid? How you doing? Let me rub your shoulders, Tony. <laughs> Let me rub your shoulders. And Tony is instantly like, we're friends again. <laughs> I think he really just needed to sleep. And he, he says in his little interview, my wife told me that my biggest problem is half inch below my nose. Which makes a lot of sense because people were getting irritated with him with just like things he says, you know? Yeah. Like when he was just like talking so much the other day and then the day before where he had that scuffle with with uh, Hexa about the miscommunication of something that he said. Exactly. So many of Tony's problems could be solved by him just not talking at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like, I should, my wife always says that. I should listen to her more often. And it's like, now you understand, Tony. <laughs> Instead of it. saying that you're shutting up, just shut up, right. you know? And everybody's commercials are done by this point. They're ready to go. And Rhett and Link yeah, from YouTube, Good Mythical Morning, Rhett and Link. Um, from uh, the Chuck Testa commercial. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that before I watched this episode that they, they did the Chuck Testa commercial. Is that, that was a bear like, in my bed? Nope. Just Chuck Testa. Retro 2009 memes, great. <laughs> I haven't thought about Chuck Testa in a minute. Um, well, they show up to the Legends house and they're like, we're going to judge these commercials. So it's like, it's a competition again, you know? So now everyone's back on board. <laughs> oh, of course. And Rhett and Link, they show Rhett and Link the commercials and Gene's team shows their commercial. How would you describe Gene's team's commercial? Uh, you know, it was it was a pretty good commercial. It was kind of all around, you know, it was, it was funny. Everyone kind of got a little got a little spotlight got a little got a little moment uh jimmy they had a they had one cut where uh they open up the trunk and jimmy jimmy hart's sitting there with a vacuum and he's like this thing really sucks baby and it kind of sounded like something that he would have like said if that was like <laughs> if that was his ring thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. it seemed very him and i it thought that was and that was him. it was really nice to see yeah, I would agree with that. It was a good commercial. It was funny. It was a little bit raunchy. They they kept in the part where Pat Patterson got sprayed by this machine, and he's like, fucking Jimmy, I'm gonna kick your ass, you scrawny little piece of shit. And at that moment, uh, me and Gene Okerlund's like, we uh, we didn't treat your car with like the utmost respect, and that was right when um, again, Pat Patterson's like chucking his wet t-shirt at this car. <laughs> Just... <laughs> It's on a splat. It was very funny. It was very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. It was all around a really good commercial. Gene was like, I can see this at Super Bowl for $3.5 million. <laughs> We're going to win this. We're shoo-in. 
Um, and next up is Roddy's Teams commercial. How would you describe Roddy's Teams commercial, Joe? <laughs> oh man, it was. It was very straight. It was uh, it was a little disjointed, and it's just like a lot of these guys just being crazy. But you know what? Kind of also fit Roddy Roddy Piper's style. You know, like if you think about like some of his promos and like in uh in Piper's pit. I was Rowdy before Rowdy was cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're the coconut. <laughs> like just very weird, <laughs> very. Like, wh- where are you going with this, yeah. Roddy? Oh, man. His promos, I gotta do I gotta do an episode about Piper's Pit sometimes, but Roddy's promos, they're good because his energy is up there, but he bounces around in his head so much that you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know, Roddy Piper is a little bit like the Robin Williams of... <laughs> My mind is blown. <laughs> oh, I wish you guys could have seen the face that Tess just made because it was... <laughs> You kind of hit the nail on the head with that one, though. All right, man. All right. So yeah. my my new gimmick, my thing on this podcast is all the analogies I make. <laughs> you speak in Proverbs like Tony Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> Roddy's team. Yeah, Roddy's team's commercial is weird as fuck. Um, it doesn't. Walk <laughs> Flamingo. And then you got one cut of Tony Atlas and he's just like. <laughs> oh, like... yeah. He's like gone insane. He's like rubber ducky, rucky, bucky. And it's like, why? <laughs> It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And Mean Gene is very critical of their commercial. He's like, it was a bad commercial. It was terrible. It was the worst. I don't think artistically they said anything. I don't think commercially they sold anything. Just fucking dunking on these poor guys. And Rhett and Link are like, you guys did a really good thing in your commercial. In that you made a very bad commercial. Well, their their thing is is like it was like memorability. Like when you see that commercial, it's like, oh, I remember this Flaco product. Go flamingo. Because I remember Flocka Flamingo and these big old dudes just being weird. <laughs> and so Rhett and Link decide, based on that, that Roddy's team had the best commercial, and they win the challenge. And me and Gene is pissed. He's like, you'll never work in this town again. And then he's doing his little interview, and he's like, it was all in good fun. I certainly hope I didn't hurt anybody's feelings. But if I did, fuck them. <laughs> That's Gene all the way, baby. Huh. Um, so Gene, he calms down a little bit. He's like, whatever, I guess we lost. And Ashley reveals that the winners of this challenge, Roddy, Hacksaw, Howard, and Tony, they all get to travel to the site of their next challenge, which is in Las Vegas, in a limo. While Gene, Pat, Hillbilly, and Jimmy have to go in a 15-passenger van. Uh, which really doesn't seem like that much of a... <laughs> oh, yeah. You get your own, like, entire seat. Yeah. Last time they had to, they had to fucking shovel shit. And <laughs> <laughs> Either way, they all still have to go to Las Vegas. It's just like, is that transportation in the limo actually that much better? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there would be less space in the limo to, like... Yeah. For, like, leg room, at yeah, least. Yeah, it's like a hillbilly gym in a limo. Like, that would, that would suck. He's a big boy, Hell you know? No. He doesn't fit on that bed that they gave him. His fucking feet are sinking over the end. So maybe the 15-passenger van isn't the worst one after all. 
Maybe it's just like they didn't have drinks. <laughs> no, honestly. Maybe that's why me and Gene was pissed. as oh, they had champagne over there. I'm in a van. <laughs> me and Gene, he's in a bad mood. He's like, I'm in this fucking van. I could have been in a limo. I should be in a limo. And on the way, they're driving to Las Vegas, and Roddy's team is, like, celebrating. And they hang one of those stupid plastic flamingos that they had out of the window. And Gene is like, that's so disrespectful! <laughs> He's just, like, so red. He's so mad. And um, a highway patrolman sees this flamingo hanging out of their window, and he pulls over the limo, and Jimmy Hart's in the back of the fucking van like, Cry, don't pay! And it ends. That's the end of the episode. It ends on a cliffhanger. And then that's the end of this episode. That's Yeah. What did you think of the first three episodes of Legends House so far, Joe? Oh man, it's uh, it's quite fun, you know. And I, I think, you know, I think I, uh, I really hit the nail on the head when I says earlier, like this is just to establish characters and, you know, kind of establish like who these people are, establish what these like challenges are supposed to be about, you know. Um, it's it's quite fun, and we don't get into anything like too particularly heavy yet. Yeah. But it really kind of sets up, like, the rest of the show. Yeah. In this first part, we've really... I feel like we've really gotten to know the legends, you know? You kind of have a grasp of each of their unique, distinct personalities so far. And now it's time to get into the deeper stuff. Yeah. Which we... It's a roller coaster of emotion, man. I always cry when I watch the last few episodes of this show because... They kind of, everybody kind of puts all of their walls down and opens some wounds to each other. And it's, the main theme of this show, I would say, is about how important it is to keep and maintain long-term friendships. Yeah. And how, like, healing those can be. Yeah. Through lens of professional wrestling, which, like, how on brand, you know? (laughs) Of course I was going to discover this show someday because Roddy Piper's in it, but I mean... I'm so glad I did. Even if he wasn't in it, I feel like I would love this show. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's sad. I, I really hope that they come up with another another episode of this show using, like, all new legends, you know? I would absolutely love to see another season of this show with all new legends. I don't think they could use any of the same legends because uh, me and Gene and Roddy are no longer with us. Right, but if you used, like, Jake the Snake. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, because he's... His life's been a roller coaster too. It has. There was. There's a documentary that I'd love to talk about on the show sometime. Uh, the resurrection. The resurrection of Jake the Snake. All about. He was addicted to crack. He was an alcoholic. About how he kind of turned his life around and is like healthy. He's doing well now, making money. Yeah. Definitely not gonna die anytime soon. He's doing well. Yeah. But yeah, I could definitely see him in a Legends House setting. I bet that would be entertaining. I I bet you're right. Yeah. Well, that concludes this episode. Um, This has been the first part of our WWE Legends House series. Get ready for parts two and three coming in the next two weeks. Anything else you want to say? Yeah, this has been like, uh, this is kind of a long episode, so. Yeah, this (laughs) is my longest episode to date. Thanks for strapping in. And uh, (laughs) yeah, this definitely could have been like, we could have done like one episode per episode. It's just, there's that much content, and it's that good. It really is. And you have to watch this show for yourself, because, man, we, we talk about a lot here, but we do not do justice to even some, of the, even some of the best and funniest parts, too, you know? If you're interested even a little bit, I highly recommend this show. Even just, like, the casual wrestling fan of the classic era, this is a must-watch. It's so funny. 
and it's so heartfelt and touching and it's like it's so good can't say enough nice things about this show like even if you don't know wrestling it's like watch all these old people do funny things you know yeah watch all of these old people be friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great time across the board love this show can't wait to talk more about it with joe mm-hmm. I'll see you guys next week to talk about episodes three through six, or episodes four through six of WWE Legends House. Until next time, yeah. wrestling's real, people are fake. You Whatever it takes. Yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs>